sanctuary tonight. Come on, can we go beyond obligation? Can we go beyond protocol or routine? I wonder if you just close your eyes and clap your hands just a little louder, just a little longer. Come on, as a signal and a symbol of how much you love your God, the creator and chief of the universe, the lover of your soul, the maker of every molecule. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We adore you. We magnify you. We place our affection on you tonight. We gaze upon your glory, God. We rest in your presence. We acknowledge you for who you are. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you so much. Would you just tell him that? God, I love you. God, I value you. How many of you are thankful for his presence that is abiding in this room tonight? presence of the Lord is so tangible, permeating this atmosphere. I never want to take it for granted that he meets us here service after service, Sunday after Sunday, youth rally after youth rally. I don't like going to church and not feeling the Lord, but when we can feel his presence, anything is possible. I, um, it's been a while back. I was making my way uh, from the airport to my hotel. Uh, I was quite tired. I was exhausted, really. And I made my way to the airport, uh, from the airport to the hotel, stumbled in. It was late. And I told them my name, and so they were searching the database. And they said, Landon Gore, it's, we, we, can't, we can't find your name. And I said, no, it's, it's got to be in the computer. I know I'm staying here, and your boy's tired. I, I'm ready to get a good night's rest and sleep. And so they looked again and looked again, and they said, Landon Gorey is not in the system. So finally they said, Landon Gorey is in the system. I said, tonight I will be Landon Gorey. I just need a room, and I want to snooze. I want to sleep. And so I got my, uh, my room key, went to the elevator, and uh, I confess to you tonight that uh, I dozed off and fell asleep in the elevator. Now, thankfully, nobody was in there, so I saved a little bit of my dignity. And so I just kind of came back to, and I, I realized I had dozed off in the elevator. And uh, so I, I started pressing the, the button for my floor, and, and I'm, I'm waiting for the elevator to move, and, and nothing's happening. And so I, I press the button again for my floor, and nothing's happening. Now, I'm not going to panic. I'm a grown man. I'm an adult. But I'm about to panic because <laughs> I've heard stories about people being stuck in elevators, and I ain't about to be the next story. And so now I'm pressing the button again feverishly and nothing's moving, nothing's happening and I'm about, to, I'm about to scream, I'm about to call on mom, on the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm about to intercede. And then all of a sudden, I got a revelation. I had been pressing floor number one every single time. Now I know I look smarter and more intellectual than that. Um, but I really had been pray, uh, pressing floor number one the entire time, stuck in the elevator. And so, of course, I'm a preacher, so you know I'm going to turn this spiritual. I wonder how many times we come into the house of God and we go after the same manifestation of God. We go after the same move of the Spirit. We go after the same breakthrough. I, I just wonder if tonight we could just go to another level. I wonder if tonight it would be more than a theme. It would be more than something that was discussed around a, a creative table, but it would be a reality tonight. How, how many really has made up in their mind intrinsically, I really, really, really do want to go to another level in the spirit? That means you're going to have to make up in your mind, I, I'm not going after the same altar call that I've, I've, I've pressed for. I, I'm not going after the same move of God. I, I want to go a little higher. So by the help of God, I want us to go higher tonight. I want you to go in your Bibles to the book of John, the book of John chapter 9, the book of John chapter 9. What a delight, what a joy it is to finally be here. I'm so grateful uh, for the honor uh, to stand behind this pulpit, not only tonight, uh, but tomorrow night and uh, the rest of this weekend. And I'm so looking forward to the teaching session uh, tomorrow morning. 
And so I give honor to Pastor Vasquez and his family, uh, his wife and his uh, daughters who I believe one has a birthday today. Do you have a birthday today? Happy birthday. And for all your friends that didn't wish you a happy birthday, you tell them I wished you a happy birthday. I'm so grateful for uh, Brother Austin and his wife and their leadership. How many of you are thankful for their sacrifice and their prayers and their passion for the kingdom of God? So I honor those, all of those that were responsible or irresponsible for letting me get to come. And I'm so glad that Bishop and his wife are here. Uh, We got to have lunch today. And uh, we had a life-changing lunch because I was introduced to... um, uh, corn nuggets, I believe. I'm telling you what. I'm telling you what. Some of y'all are taking that blessing for granted, and I had it for the first time today. And I honor their their legacy, their anointing, their ministry, and I'm so grateful for their kindness to me. Uh, I want to go straight to the word of the Lord, and I'm not here to preach you a masterpiece or to wow you, to impress you. Uh, I just want to I want to just preach the word of the Lord, and uh, God's going to do something special in the next few moments. You believe that? If you believe that, say amen. The book of John chapter 9, if you're there, say amen again. If you're not there, say amen. If you're cheating and looking on the screen, say amen. If you're just saying amen to say amen, say amen. Uh, You're disappointing me, but I appreciate your honesty. John chapter 9 and verse 1, And Jesus passed by, and he saw a man which was blind from his birth. His disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin? Kind of cringy to ask this right in front of the blind man. (laughs) Who did sin? This man or his parents? That he was born blind. And Jesus answered and said, Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents. This is so that the works of God would be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. For the night cometh when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And when he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and he made clay of the spit. And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with clay. He said unto him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sin. He went his way therefore and washed and came seeing. By the help of God's Spirit, I want to preach to you tonight on this simple subject. Your problem has you right where your promise wants you. Your problem has you right where your promise wants you. I really believe that God's going to speak to a young teenager, a young adult. I really believe the Lord's going to speak to somebody watching online. I really believe that God can speak to every single person in this sanctuary. So if you believe that, would you put down your phone, put down your Bible? Would you lift up your hands with me? And would you lift up your voice? Would you add your faith to my faith right now? God, by the power of your word and the authority of your name, I ask that the best gifts would be in operation tonight. I ask that you would do what only you can get credit for tonight. I ask that you would tabernacle among us as you already have from the prayer room to the songs. I thank you, oh God, for healing virtue that is in this room. I thank you for clarity that is in this room. I thank you for anointing that is in this room. I thank you, oh God, for your presence that is already waiting, God, to do in our mind, in our heart, in our spirit what only we can give you credit for and glory for. Let the angels of the Lord minister to the heirs of salvation tonight. Let my mouth be your megaphone. Do something seismic in this house. Do something supernatural in this house. Let there be a radical, bold young person in this room that makes up in their mind that they will not leave this service until you have done something heavenly in our midst. Come on, I feel a quickening in the spirit. Come on, somebody needs to let a little boldness rise on the inside of them. Let it be more than emotion. Let it be more than a decibel level. But let it be a cognizant decision that something will happen in the next few moments. In the name of Jesus, let it be so. Somebody say in Jesus' name. Somebody shout in Jesus' name. And if you believe that prayer, I want you to clap. If you don't believe that prayer, if you were just praying to pray, don't clap. But if you believe that the Lord heard you, I want you to clap your hands as loud as you have all night. Would you do it? Would you just let heaven know that you have made it? 
It'd be all right if you let hell know that you made it to service as well. God bless you, and you may be seated. Turn to your neighbor and tell them your problem has you right where your promise wants you. Turn to your other neighbor, the one you just rejected, and tell them your, your, your <laughs> tell them the same title. Can I just go ahead and preach to you tonight? Uh, I went to school, I went to college, and they told me that when I uh, get up in front of people in a public setting that I'm supposed to have an intro, a body, and a conclusion. Um, but sometimes I'm just a little too ADD for all that. And so uh, tonight, if you'll let me skip uh, the intro, I'd just like to preach to you. Would that be all right? Can I just go ahead and preach to you the word of the Lord? The Bible says that Jesus passed by and he saw a blind man from his birth. This man was living from his past forward. He was a blind man from his birth. And I wonder how many tonight are living also from their past forward. I wonder how many of us are defined by something that took place in our past. Perhaps it was within our control. Perhaps it was out of our control. Perhaps it was a mistake of our own, a failure of our own doing. Perhaps it was the pain and trauma brought on by somebody else. But we are not being pulled into our future, but we are living from our past. The Bible says that there was a man that had been blind from his birth, but Jesus was passing by him, and the Bible says that Jesus saw him. Jesus saw a man that could not see him. Jesus saw a man who could not look back at him and perceive him. I want us tonight to get a revelation of the eyes of the Lord. I want us to realize how special and significant it is to have the eyes of the Lord rest upon our life and rest upon our past, present, and future. The Bible says there's two things that go to and fro throughout the earth and the world. It's the eyes of the Lord and the devil. And I remind you tonight that there's only one devil. I, I don't want to be too simplistic, but, but if the devil is going to go somewhere, he has to go there. He, he does not know everything. He is not everywhere. Our adversary does not have the same power as our advocate. There's only one devil. So if you think the devil is after you, it, it might be a rookie demon. It might be a junior devil. There's only one devil, and this is what I know. If, if he's going to come to where you are, if he's going to go somewhere, he has to go there. God simply has to look there. So I remind you on this Friday night that God saw you before the devil got to you. Does it matter the home life that you were born into? It doesn't matter the addiction that surrounded you. It doesn't matter if you were born on a Pentecostal pew and you think you have hit it for long enough. It does not matter the craziness and the junk that you have endured. I want you to know that the eyes of the Lord have seen you a long, long time. The eyes of the Lord saw you in your mother's womb. He, he knit you. He formed you. He ordained you. He knew what part of the five-fold ministry you would be a part of. He knew your personality traits. He knew your skill sets. He knew your undoings. He knew your destiny. He knew your mistakes. He knew the positives, the negatives. He knew everything bad about you. He knew everything good about you. The eyes of the Lord do not just see you. The eyes of the Lord see what you can become. The eyes of the Lord looked at a rib and saw a bride. God does not just look at something. He looks into something. God does not just look at you. He looks into you. He does not just see the Friday night you. He sees the Monday you and the next month you and the five years from now you and the walking in promises you and he sees the sick you and he sees the heal you and he sees... 
He sees you right now and he sees who you will become. Bible says that Jesus saw a blind man. I don't know if that encourages you tonight, but that brings me such peace and solace. Jesus saw a blind man. So it was the disciples begin this cringy conversation. They, they, they begin to try to define this problematic scenario. They, 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 they begin to try to reason why this man is blind. It's, it's easy for us when we do not understand things to begin to cast blame. They said, who, who did sin? This, this, this man or his parents, why is he blind? I can't help but wonder why they are talking like this in front of the blind man. I hope they are whispering. But no matter how loud they are talking, I just think that Jesus perhaps talks a little louder when he says, you cannot blame him and you cannot blame his parents. I am getting ready to do a work within him that I am going to take full glory for. This is, this is my, my, my problem with casting blame on the devil for everything. Not everything dark is demonic and not everything problematic is satanic because you can only blame something so long before you start giving it credit and before you start worshiping it. And I refuse to give credit to the devil. I refuse. I've made up in my mind. I may not understand every nuance of this life. I may not understand every trial and every tribulation, but this is what I do know. The glory of God will be made. Somebody help me tonight. The glory of God will be made manifest in my story. I want you to understand what Jesus begins to say. He says, I want you to understand that God, the works of God are about to be made manifest. And then Jesus does something that I think is really awesome and amazing. He says, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. For the night cometh. Jesus is talking about light in front of a man that's living in darkness. Jesus is talking about daytime in front of a man that is living in nighttime. For when you begin to hear the words of the Lord pronounced over you, preached over you, prophesied over you, God does not just speak according to your past and present. God begins to speak according to your future. And so I have come to be an echo of that eternal word. And I have come to remind some of you that you are not walking right now in what the Lord has destined you to be. You keep feeling calling. You keep feeling the tug of another world. You keep hearing words of anointing and future spoken over your life. And it does not align with your present moment. Some of you are destined to be church planners and missionaries and intercessors and prayer warriors and Bible study teachers but that word does not match the right now you but I come to remind you that that word is pulling you into your future you cannot live from your past forward but your future is pulling the word of the Lord that is outside of time is pulling you forward tonight. Jesus, I love it. Jesus talking about light in front of a man living in darkness. Jesus talking about daytime in front of a man that's living in nighttime. So this is what he begins to do. The Bible says that he spits on the ground and he places his hands in the spit and the clay. And then he places that spit and that clay upon the man that didn't see it coming. You can laugh. But the Bible says something significant. The Bible doesn't say that the Lord Jesus Christ 
placed it on him. The Bible says he anointed him with it. Some of you don't realize, but the Lord has anointed you with agitation because he loves you so much that what he has called you to do, he knows in your, in your humanity that you would not walk toward it on your own, but you would be seduced by distraction. You would be seduced by everyday life. You would be seduced by sin and temptation, that you would never truly walk into what God was calling you to. And so God allowed agitation to anoint you so that you wouldn't have a choice, but you would have to make up in your mind to be agitated or called. Some of you don't know why you can't sin and get away with it. Some of you don't know why you can't just try to be carnal and, and have a good night's rest. Something continually agitates you. Something reminds you that you heard a voice speak over you. You didn't see every detail, but you heard somebody talking about marvelous light. You heard somebody calling you out of darkness. And you don't understand why you can't wait until you're 25 to be spiritual. And you don't understand why you can't just date who you want to date. I'll tell you why. God has placed agitation upon you because he loves you too much to let you be another average Pentecostal plopped on a pew. But he's made a... He's allowed some agitation to come into your world. He's allowed some problems. He's allowed some problems. He's allowed some problems in your life to direct you and lead you to where your promise is asking you to come. Am I helping anybody tonight? So it is now. Now there is a man that has not only been born blind, but now there is spit and clay upon his eyes. And this is the command given to him. Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is... By interpretation, sent. Every single one of us have a decision. Every single day of our life, whether we will leave the presence of God or be sent from the presence of God. Every single one of us have a decision whether we will just ooze through our job and ooze through school and ooze through Starbucks and ooze through homework and ooze through Sunday and Wednesdays or whether we will march on mission. If you have a heartbeat, if you have breath in your body, there is a mandate on your life. I'm not called to preach. Um, you're called to be a believer. You're called to share the gospel. Uh, I, but I, I haven't heard the voice of God. I, 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 I don't have the testimony like he has, and I don't have the testimony like she has. He, he, he was called to NYC on Friday night, and, and, and she can go back to that service on Sunday night when she was called. I, I, it's semantics, but I just want to pause for just a moment. Um, that, that, that's not when they were called. That's when they responded to the call. Every single one of us have been called. When God created you and formed you, you were called. Some people said yes on a Friday night. Some people said yes on a Sunday morning. Some people said, but every single body, every single person has been called by God to share marvelous light. Every single one of us have been called to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. If you have been filled with the Holy Ghost, if you have been baptized with the Spirit, it is His intention that you walk in it and that you operate in it. This was a young man. I, I, I think it was a young man who, who had made up his mind that he was going to do what the Lord had asked him to do. He, I can identify with him because I think he probably, I think he had to probably fumble his way to the pool of Siloam. I think, he, I think he had to make his way to a place where he had to wash and he had to cleanse himself. And the Bible says, the Bible says that when he washed, the Bible said his eyes were open and he began to see 
And I want you to notice what happens when he has fresh vision. Opposition comes. Everybody begins to accuse him. I, I imagine the moment he, he comes to the, the market and he, he's getting ready to he, he getting ready to get groceries and he's at the he's at the maybe it's the apple stand or maybe it's where the oranges are and somebody recognizes him and they're asking him what he wants. But this time he looks intently at the apple and he picks it up. And he looks back at them. He looks into their eyes and all of a sudden they realize he's not blind anymore. He can see. And, and, and somebody begins to tell somebody else, I, 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 think, I, think, I, think this is, I think this is the man, I think this is the boy that was blind. But soon opposition comes, soon accusation comes. The Bible says the religious people of his day come to him and they want to interrogate him and they want to ask him, oh, who did this? They don't recognize Jesus for who he is. They don't have the revelation that he is Messiah. So I ask you tonight, who was really blind? There was a man that could not see, but he gets a revelation. He gets a continual, granular, moment by moment revelation of who the Messiah is. But there are people that can see in the physical and yet they are blind to the spiritual. If all you see is all you see, you've not seen everything. I refuse to live my life only seeing what is taking place in the natural. I want my eyes to be opened to what God is doing in the supernatural. Physicians come. The Bible says that they come to his parents and they begin to interrogate his parents. And they want to know, did a miracle really happen? And I love their response. Their parents, his parents said to them, why, why don't you just ask him? He's of age. He is old enough. I made up in my mind at a young age that I was going to live by a simple motto. It was simply this. If I was young enough to be tempted, I was old enough to be anointed. I tried every day of my youth to live by that motto and make up in my mind that I wasn't going to wait until I was in my 30s. I wasn't going to wait until I was married. I wasn't going to wait until I was in college to be used of God. I didn't understand everything that life brought me. I didn't understand everything that took place. There's a lot of things that I look back on I still don't understand. There's a lot of things right now that I, I'm trying to understand and I don't, but I've made up in my mind. I will not surrender the darkness to hell. Something begins to happen in your darkness. Some of you don't realize, but it is in your darkness that God begins to reveal himself. The Bible says in Psalms 91, verse 1, something very special that I want to read to you tonight. The Bible says in Psalms 91 and verse 1, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. It is in that private space of devotion. It is in those dark moments alone with God that you learn to abide where other people visit. You learn to stay where other people come and go. I challenge somebody tonight under the sound of my voice. You cannot surrender those alone moments to anxiety, fear, depression, suicidal thinking, temptation, sin that is pleasurable for a season. You have got to take those lonely moments and those moments of questions and those moments of darkness to a God that can abide with you and a God that can talk back to you and a God that can manifest himself to you. I refuse to surrender the darkness of preparation to the enemy. 
It's another passage I want to read to you. I believe it's powerful and prolific. It's in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 6. It says, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Can I confess to you, that's not what I've wanted growing up. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. This is, this is what we want. We want to be on God's hand. We want to be exalted and we want to be lifted up. But when we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, oftentimes He hides us and He covers us. And we have to endure a dark time until it's due time. Got to make up in your mind. You're not going to give up this season of preparation to the adversary. I've not done everything right in my world. But I did make up in my mind at an early age. I don't need to go out and demo the world for a few years and then come back to the church. I want to be used to God right now. I want to pray right now. I want to see visions right now. I want to hear God's voice right now. I was a young preteen when I was using the gifts of tongues and interpretation for the first time. As a young preteen, when I saw a vision for the first time, I can take you back to moments that God allowed me to be used in the gifts of the Spirit when I was a teenager. I can take you back to moments that I fumbled and I made mistakes. But I said, God, use me now. God, use me now. God, use me now. I refuse to surrender the shadow of prayer to the adversary, to distraction. I refuse to surrender the dark moments of preparation to pleasure and sin. I refuse to allow the dark moments of my past to be leveraged by the enemy. The Bible says there was a man of God who was walking down the street. The Bible says that his shadow was cast on those that needed healing and they were healed. This is something I've learned about God. God can use darkness and God can use shadows and God can use what was meant to haunt you to heal somebody else. So I came with a simple word tonight. Maybe too simple. But I came to speak to a 12-year-old. I, I came to speak to a 24-year-old. I came to speak to a 17-year-old. I came to speak to a mighty man of God. I came to speak to a mighty woman of God. And I just came with a simple message. Your problem is bringing you closer to your promise. And God loves you so much that he will agitate you towards your destiny. Would you stand with me? I want you just to lift up your hands for just a moment all across this sanctuary. Would you do that? Would you close your eyes? Would you lift up your hands? And would you lift up your voice for just a moment? I'm going to give you some instruction, but I, I want you just to lift up your voice and talk to the Lord. I've tried to preach short because I want to give you margin to respond. I want you, I want you to have energy to respond. I, I want somebody not only to hear the word of the Lord, but to reciprocate to what you've heard tonight. Would you lift up your voice for just a moment? We're going to come to the front. We're going to pray. But right where you are, I want you to lift up your voice. I want you to talk to God for just a moment right now. Come on, I'm speaking to somebody that maybe your parents are not in church. I'm, I'm speaking to somebody that perhaps you've only known Jesus for a few months. I'm preaching to somebody that maybe you've been a Pentecostal all your life, but there's condemnation in your mind and in your spirit. 
I'm speaking to somebody that has calling on them, unction on them, anointing on them. I'm speaking to somebody that's been living from their past forward and the eyes of the Lord are resting upon you. And tonight your future is pulling you into it. Hands lifted, eyes open so you know where to go. I want you to come to the front right now. I want you to come to the front right now. Come as close as you can. Come as close as you can. Everybody, everybody. Everybody. If you're old enough for homosexuality to tempt you, you're old enough to see angels. If you're old enough for pornography to come after you, you're old enough to see visions. If you're old enough for depression and fear to overwhelm you, you're old enough for the voice of the Lord to speak to you. If you are old enough for hell to actively campaign for your soul, you are old enough for heaven to enlist you to be a mighty man of God and a mighty woman of God, a mighty couple, a mighty ministry, a mighty single adult that this kingdom needs. Come on, I feel calling in this room right now. Would you just open up your spirit right now? Would you just open up your heart right now? Come on, the angels of the Lord want to minister to some young men and women right now. The word of the Lord want to echo in the heart and the minds of some men and women tonight. Would you just lift up your voice before they sing? Before we go any further, would you just lift up your voice? Would you just talk to him? Would you just talk to him? You don't have to perform. You don't have to strain. You don't have to manipulate your emotions. I want you just to talk to Jesus right now. Doesn't matter what other people have said about you. Why are they who they are? Why were they born this way? Why, why, why do they keep falling to that? Why, why, why? The Lord Jesus Christ is talking over you. The Lord Jesus Christ is speaking over you. Come on, there's a peace here in this room right now. There's clarity in this house tonight. There's a witness of the word in this sanctuary. Come on, let's just linger for just a moment. Come on, I'm telling somebody, you don't got to perform. You don't got to earn his love. I just need you to hear the word of the Lord. Woo! I speak against condemnation right now. I speak against performance right now. I speak the perfect love of Jesus Christ that arrests and casts out fear. I speak the peace of God to reign and rule in somebody's heart right now. If it's appropriate, I wonder if you just take the hand of somebody next to you and lift it up right now. And I want to challenge you to lift up your voice again. Come on, there's something stirring in this room right now. There's something moving in this room right now. Minister Holy Ghost. Minister Holy Ghost. I can't say it all. I can't do what you can do. I need you to minister to pain right now. I need you to minister to trauma right now. I need you to minister to anxiety right now. I need you to minister to your sons, your daughters. I need you to baptize somebody in your love all over again come on somebody receive it right now Woo! I'm speaking to an adult in this room I know you're at a youth rally but I'm speaking to a mother a father I'm speaking to somebody online right now come on you're not going to be you're not going to leave this rally you're going to be sent The agitation is not the end. Come on. Paul said we're washed by the word. I feel the word wanting to cleanse somebody. I feel the word wanting to cleanse somebody. If you're looking at me, I beg you not to look at me. I beg you not to look around. I beg you not to look to the singers. I beg you to close your eyes and to look at the one that is the only one worth looking at. 
looking to Jesus, looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher. Open our eyes, Jesus. Open our eyes, Jesus. Open our eyes, Jesus. Open our eyes tonight, Jesus. Come on, I'm not going to neglect the shadow of prayer. I'm not going to neglect the shadow of preparation. I, I refuse to let the shadow of my past haunt me. God knows how to redeem the darkness. God knows how to use the darkness. That love and redemption is in this room tonight. We're not going to get in a hurry. We're not going to rush. We're going to go eat pizza. We're going to have fun. We're going to come back tomorrow. But the Lord is speaking into somebody's darkness right now. stop I beg you I beg you I beg you you don't have to push you don't have to perform just receive right now I'm telling you the presence of the Lord is hovering in this house abiding in this house moving all around you you've just got to receive it speak Lord Woo. yes Yes! Yes! If you're praying, I beg you to not stop. I beg you to linger right now. If you're not praying, I want you to help me pray right now. If you feel led of the Lord to pray with somebody, to agree with somebody, I want you to do it right now. Heaven's in this room right now. Heaven is in this room right now. Heaven is in this room right now. Preaching to a mom, a daddy, a husband, a wife, a teenager, a college student, a preteen. I'm preaching to a daughter of the Most High. I'm preaching to a son. Stop blaming the darkness. Stop blaming the darkness. Light has walked into your world. Light is illuminating your mind. Light is looking for you. Light is looking for you. The light of the world can see you even if you can't see him.
I want everybody to look at me for just a moment. If you're not standing beside somebody, I want you to find somebody to stand beside. We're going to pray for each other. I'm not just going to pray with each other. I'm not just going to pray by each other. I'm not just going to pray about each other. We're getting ready to pray for each other. That'd be all right. I want you to hear me for just a moment. This may not be for everybody, but this is for somebody. I think it's for a few somebodies. My God. I want everybody to hear me. I want everybody to look at me. The peace of God is a miracle. The peace of God is a miracle. The peace of God does not have human fingerprints on it. If you don't have peace, you don't have peace. It doesn't matter if you got a Tesla. It don't matter if you're eating Chick-fil-A. It don't matter if you got a new job. It don't matter if you got the boo thing. It don't matter. It don't matter. It don't matter. If you don't have peace, you can't conjure it up. You can't manipulate it. You can't make yourself have peace. If you don't have peace, you don't have it. But if you do have peace, it doesn't matter the fear. It doesn't matter the unknown. If you have peace, you just have peace. And the peace of God is not deceptive. Peace of God is not deceptive. The Bible calls it peace that surpasses understanding. Can you help me? Can you help me? This is you tonight. Getting ready to pray. You know what we're getting ready to pray for? Peace. We're getting ready to pray for peace. You're going to walk in that peace. That peace is going to lead you to where you're supposed to go to school. That peace is going to lead you to who you're going to marry. That peace is going to lead you to who you're going to witness to. That peace is going to lead you to the gifts of the Spirit. That peace is going to lead you to the voice of God. That peace is going to reign and rule in your heart. You're not going to follow your feelings. Those are deceptive. You're not going to follow your heart. That's wicked and deceitful. You're going to follow peace that no man can give and no man can take away. So I need you to help me. We're about to pray. Can't be talking while I'm preaching, man. Come on. We're about to pray. This is what we're going to pray for. We're going to pray for peace. The Bible says it's peace that surpasses understanding. So I, I need somebody else. Can I use you too? Your peace. Can you wave at everybody? This is peace. Who is this? Peace. You guys are quick, quick learners. This is understanding. Can you wave at everybody? Who's this? The Bible says it's peace that surpasses understanding. So understanding and peace are on the way to you. Understanding and peace are on the way to you. So who's this? All right, I want y'all to just slowly walk this way. Peace is going to surpass understanding. That means peace is going to get to you before the details are going to get to you. Peace can get to you before you understand every nuance of your life. Peace can. I want somebody to agree with somebody right now. I'm telling you, peace is about to. I didn't say understanding. You're not going to understand everything tonight. God does not need your understanding. He needs your yes. And if you will have a yes in your spirit, peace is getting ready to descend upon you. Would you lift up the hand of a brother? Would you lift up the hand of a sister right now? By the power of the Word of God. By the authority that is in the name of Jesus. It's already here right now. It's coming on you. Receive it. In the name of Jesus, I speak peace. I speak peace over every daughter. I speak peace over every son. I speak peace. Terrain and rule. Woo! Somebody lift up your voice right now. Somebody receive it right now. Somebody's getting ready to intercede in peace. Somebody's getting ready to dance in peace. Somebody's getting ready to walk in peace. Come on, do you feel it rising? I'm not talking about hype. I'm talking about peace. I'm not talking about emotion. I'm talking about a peace that the world cannot give and the world cannot take away. 
Some of you are afraid to dance because you're, oh, is the peace really real? Some, some of you are afraid to lean into it because it, it's not going to go away. The peace of God is in this room. And somebody's getting, I wish you would dance by faith. I wish you would leap by faith. I wish the joy would come over your spirit. I wish a smile would come to your face. Come on, something's flowing right now. We're not in 100% cooperation, but I'll wait. I'm telling you the peace of God. The peace of God is passing understanding. I'm not walking out with understanding, but I will walk out with peace. Come on, you got 60 seconds. Do what you feel. Jump, run, shout, but I feel a liberty in this. Come on, you got 60 seconds. Do what you feel. And if you don't feel it, do it anyway. Come on, why don't we add another 60 seconds? Come on, something's coming back to your spirit. Joy's coming back. Authority's coming back. Boldness is coming. You're not about to second guess. You're not going to walk in depression. You're getting ready to walk out in peace. somebody to pray for nobody alone nobody alone nobody alone everybody has to have somebody everybody has to have somebody everybody has to have somebody I want you to put your hands on their shoulders I want you to put your hands on their shoulders I want you to put your hands on their shoulders oh some of you are trying to cheat I'll wait for you I want you to put your hands on their shoulders I want you to look them in the eye and I want you to tell them I'm about to pray the peace of God over you. I want you to look them in the eye and tell them you've heard the voice of fear for too long. You've heard the voice of the adversary for too long. You've heard the voice of people trying to blame and figure out stuff for too long. I'm getting ready to echo the word of the Lord over you. Come on, I want you to tell them I'm getting ready to echo the word of the Lord over you. We're not going to pray with them. We're not going to pray about them. We are going to pray for them. And if all you can do is speak Bible verses over them, I want you to speak the word of God over their mind, over their ministry, over their past, their present, and their future. Would you do that right now? Go ahead and begin. I speak over you right now. You are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. You will live and not die. Come on, that's it. Let them hear the word. Let them hear the word. Let them hear the word. I speak it over every youth group. I speak it over your pastor and wife. Now I speak it over your decisions. I speak it over every attack of hell. I speak it over the promises of God. Speak the word of God over you. Come on, there's another wave of liberty in this room. There's another wave of peace in this room. Come on, we're not praying unless, we're praying until. Come on, I want you to speak over them until there is a release. I want you to speak over them until there is a breaking. I want you to speak over them until you begin to feel something. And if you don't feel it, faith is not a feeling. Faith is an action.
Bible says that the God of peace shall crush Satan under your feet shortly. Somebody say the God of peace. One more time they're going to say my dance will crush Satan under my feet. But as you're doing that, know that it is the God of peace giving you peace over your enemy, over your circumstance, over your problem. Come on, one more time. Here we go. My dance will crush Satan under Hallelujah. It feels good in the house of the Lord tonight. It feels good in the house of the Lord. 